This is NAI Global's Diving Into Commercial Real Estate. Introducing Security by the Guarantors, the smart security deposit for commercial leases. Security is an insurance-based version of a security deposit that replaces the need for cash or a letter of credit. Backed by Chubb Insurance and other A-rated carriers, Security provides coverage to landlords that's no-nonsense and reliable, just like the alternatives, but it's priced to risk, so it's significantly cheaper for tenants. On average, it costs about 5% of the total security deposit amount on an annual basis. Security is a strategic leasing tool that helps bridge the gap between tenants and landlords and ultimately helps you, at NAI, close more deals faster. Check out theguarantors.com to learn Welcome to another episode of Diving into Commercial Real Estate. I'm your host, Arthur Milston, co-head of the NAI Global Capital Markets Group. And I'm here today with Shelby Twarick, chairman of the NAI Global Retail Council, to discuss the current landscape for retail real estate around the country. Welcome, Shelby. Thanks, Arthur. How are you doing? Appreciate the invite. Great. Great to speak with you. Um, so. I guess the best place for us to start is uh, retail wasn't in the greatest of shape to begin with before uh, the pandemic took hold, but now we have the accumulation of retailer bankruptcies, proliferation of online shopping, and of course now the effects of COVID-19. So it's no big surprise that retail and hotels have been impacted the most by the current events with COVID. So I think the question is, number one, why don't you tell everybody what markets you cover and uh, a little bit about what you do, and then why don't you tell us what's going on in your part of the country and uh, give us a little bit more background on what you're seeing. Sure, no problem. So I reside in the state of Arizona. My primary market is covering uh, Phoenix, Arizona, we also have an office in Tucson, but I strategically work throughout the state of Arizona. We've uh, worked in multiple states, you know, within the NEI system and utilizing our NEI offices as best as we can. Uh, but with that being said, kind of being here on the West Coast is our primary focus. There seems to be a lot of correlation with what's happening in Arizona, uh, with the similarity of what's going on in Texas as well as California, because there's a lot of demographics that just kind of overlay or overflow with everything. So with that kind of being said, um, we really focus on probably those three trade areas as a lot of similarity in the retail categories. And unfortunately, with Arizona being very high in the cases of the coronavirus and stuff, we've had a uh, significant amount of reduction in our workload. Um, for the most part, I'm kind of into the leasing uh, side of things on the tenant rep and landlord representation. I help out with some of the investment brokers on their investment sales, but primarily it's leasing is what I do in the sales. With that, on the retail category, our investment brokers still seem to be pretty active. On multi-tenant, single-tenant, they're seeing cap rates go up just slightly, but for the most part, they haven't been affected as much. On the leasing side of things, on the landlord side, we've seen a significant decrease in our business, and as well as the tenant rep side, I've seen a very significant uh, decrease in business. Mostly due to the fact with the pandemic shutting a lot of the businesses down, we opened back up again, and we've seen a 
a huge spike in our coronavirus cases, which basically led to ultimately shutting the market back down again in a lot of categories, um, which has created a lot of uncertainty, a lot of chaos, and for the tenants as well as the landlords. And now we're kind of in this uncertain stage of what do we do, what don't we do? We've got a lot of tenants that are struggling and they're on the verge of bankruptcy. They've gotten some of the government money to help them out through this challenging times, but I think it's only a band-aid on a lot of the tenants uh, for the long term. Also coming up with the election, we know as the category from a retail standpoint that most things kind of get put on hold for the balance of the year about this time frame or maybe starting the month of August until the election happens and then we start, you know, gathering our thoughts and everything like this in January of next year. So kind of a twofold scenario for the retail category with the pandemic, some states being affected a little bit more than others. And then the second part with the election year coming up for the presidency uh, does have an impact on our business. So where there is some downturn of there, there's also some positive side of things. Um, we were able to secure some uh, new accounts. You know, once those guys get up and going, uh, hopefully we'll be able to start doing some business. We're able to secure some new landlord listings and getting creative with some of our deal structures. And then our latest one was the Drury Hotels as an example, where some of their parcels they were looking at developing, they opted to basically kick the can down the road, which turned into just selling off their land as a whole. And majority of their land transactions that they completed in the past happened to be some really prime real estate. So that's kind of been helping us out. So unfortunately, there's some bad news to it, but there's also some you know, light at the end of the tunnel too. We just don't know when the other scenarios are going to start coming to fruition that we could uh, turn the faucets on completely and really start you know, the engines up full time. So hopefully that's the other kind of answers everything. Sure. So nationally, um, we've seen retail uh, transactions largely limited to classic 1031 uh, nature type uh, things, dollar stores, some restaurant pad sites, uh, smaller transactions. Is that similar to what you're experiencing in Arizona? Yeah, we are. We're seeing some of the single tenant assets still trade and maybe um, the cap rates are starting to come up a little bit. So maybe instead of trading at a five and a half cap on a, you know, a five to five and a half cap on a Starbucks deal, you might see that trending upwards to maybe a six cap, six and a quarter. Uh, so we're starting to see cap rates, you know, trend just a little bit, but we're also starting to see some money being placed in our market where they're chasing deals and there's just really not much out there to uh, purchase. So it's a little bit of a hit and miss, uh, but we're definitely seeing deals being pushed back a little bit from a timing aspect of things. And we are seeing some of the cap rates slowly starting to increase on certain type of assets, uh, but we're also seeing you know, a lot of the 1031 money just gobbling things up because they have to identify properties and get them closed. Yeah, absolutely seeing that pretty much every, a lot of 1031 money being given a reprieve until July 15th uh, to identify properties. So, um, we're, we're seeing that with other asset classes in addition to the classic smaller retail 1031 type exchange deals that uh, are, are pretty prominent right now, seeing very little multi-tenanted uh, anchored retail actually trading. And, 
And um, I'd be curious to know if you're also experiencing from a debt standpoint uh, that lending is primarily restricted to relationship lending with really not much coming out of CMBS market and uh, pretty much all bank with uh, extensive experience with the borrower. Uh, and that's where really where the capital markets are right now. Is that consistent for you guys? Yes, that's very consistent. And I'd say the biggest one they're probably shying away from is your big uh, anchored centers or power centers. From our perspective, we see a lot of people thinking that uh, on the buy side, there should be 20% discounts on pricing to pre-COVID uh, terms that were in the market with a lot of sellers thinking that, well, maybe there's a discount, but it's more like a 5% discount. But in any event, it's very hard to identify value when you're not really confident on who exactly is going to pay rent each month and uh, how that's all going to shape out. So um, curious to ask you a, a question, turning to uh, your market specifically. Um, you live in Arizona. Your, your market is primarily Arizona. What impact uh, have you seen from state and local government agencies with respect to their handling of it? And um, how has that sort of unfolded? Has it been smooth sailing sort of, or has it really been problematic in terms of impact on the real estate markets? Ooh, that's a very good question. It's a very interesting question. So not to turn this into a political type of debate in any way, form or fashion. And I'm not trying to offend anybody that may be a independent party or Republican or a Democrat. But with that being said, um, our market got shut down in the basically about the second week of March. And we were shut down for an extended period of time that affected a lot of the schools affected a lot of the offices being open for business and people are basically working from home or remotely that affected from a retail aspect of everything restaurants being shut down or to go order type of services employees being furloughed or laid off gyms being closed bars being closed entertainment type of concepts you know being closed it pretty much a lot of things just came to a standstill for the longest time, I think a lot of people, or earlier in the stages, I think a lot of people were like saying, okay, this is you know a good step from a government uh, position. He probably should have made a little bit of further uh, requirements of social distancing up front and wearing a mask if you're out in the public area. We also had a curfew for 8 p.m. Uh, for people to stay indoors so it can eliminate some people gathering at parks or public events or anything of this nature. With that being said, I think for the first stretch of times, there was that chaos and uncertainty with the pandemic going by of that, hey, if this definitely helps um, do our efforts, will this basically, you know, kind of eliminate it? But I think in the backside of a lot of people's minds is that, you know, we're in Arizona, we're a dry state, and guess what? We have a 100 degree heat coming pretty soon, and that's gonna kill any virus. So after a period of time of basically being closed down, a lot of the businesses were really struggling. And then it turned into the government publishing a document and making it that for whatever reason, the uh, landlords cannot lock any tenants out during this time period. It was roughly about a two month time period. So it kind of put some pressure on these landlords that maybe some of these tenants that were struggling prior to the pandemic 
that was kind of the final straw for them to push him over the edge that financially they were not going to be able to recover, but allowed them to either continue on with their lease, but these landlords were not able to do anything because of a you know statute put in place. However, they can, you know, legally still put them as a default category, but they couldn't touch them or lock them out for a two-month time frame. Uh, there was a big percentage of tenants that started coming to landlords saying, we want abated rent. We want some type of a discount on our rent because we're not making any money. However, the flip side of the coin was is that the landlords still had to pay their lenders for the property. I know in some cases that they were basically reaching out to lenders and trying to renegotiate terms, some successful, some unsuccessful. I know that there was also government loans put into place to help out a lot of these businesses. Um, some of it being successful, some a very lengthy process to go through with the uncertainty if that was going to help them or not. There's also a lot of stipulations within some of those government programs that were, you know, non-beneficial to some of the people that are applying for those loans. So fast forwarding a little bit as time kind of went on, people were not paying rent. Some people were paying a discounted rent. Some landlords were able to work out deals. Some of the REITs were struggling to basically try to come to terms with some of their tenants. Um, the challenging aspect is, is that some of these tenants that were in multiple properties of these REITs were saying, take it or leave it scenario. So we had this uncertainty of what the hell are we really doing? People aren't making money from a retail standpoint and overall sales. Landlords weren't getting paid. Tenants were basically trying to renegotiate terms, but you still had Arizona laws in effect that said that, you know what, you're still bounded by law in regards to the lease that's in place. So some people were able to work out some terms on a month-to-month -month basis. Uh, couple people have gotten like two months of the beta rent. I know some uh, tenants were going for three months of the beta rent and then literally it was just kind of more of kick the can down the road and let's deal with it at another time frame because we need to secure our property and deal with our current employment staff and uh, hope for the best you know down the road. Then as our market was able to get reopened back up, the curfews were way they basically imply, you know, social distancing at the time. They did not require the state of Arizona for people to wear masks. The government let the individual cities come up with their own, you know, rules and regulations about that. And a lot of the cities are jumping on board a little bit, probably late, saying, hey, we're mandating people wearing masks out in public. Uh, some people basically use their own discretion and slowly started to reopen up the market. Quite frankly, I think a lot of people just kind of being inside or quarantine were really starting to, you know, kind of lose their mind a little bit uh, because Arizona just being the state we are and we're just used to just getting out in the open air and going doing our stuff and thinking, hey, with the uh, heat, you know, this virus thing is not going to hurt us. So that overall kind of affected the retail mentality and some of the uh, situations, a lot of the grocery stores were running out of product. Anything that was canned food related was pretty much cleared off the shelves. Anything that was toilet paper, paper towels, all that stuff was pretty much cleared. It really kind of gave me frenzy from a shopping standpoint. Grocery uh, cleaning supplies were very limited. And grocery stores and or anything in the food business pretty much had to say, look, we'll, we could sell you one can of Lysol or one roll of toilet paper uh, because we need to try to you know push us back as far as they can. And I think they definitely helped out. But after the market started opening up, we started seeing more and more cases starting to uh, uh, increase. 
and we probably went for about three weeks um, where we were uh, roughly about 1,200 cases that people were testing positive on a day we had a relatively low number of uh, deaths reported to a substantial increase in cases and that was kind of more related around bars, uh, nightclubs, entertainment venues where a lot of people would be socially gathering and the uh, increasing of uh, the COVID cases you know, that were reporting positive. The challenge that we were running into is that the age group that seemed to be affecting it the most were in the 20 to basically 35 year old age group where basically it was um, you know, seeing serious numbers increase. So as of Monday, the government came in, and I mean this last Monday here, and said, you know what, we need to put the kibosh on a few things here. We need to close bars down. We need to close gyms. We need to close entertainment facilities and uh, water parks and anything that has, you know, where people can congregate together. So that kind of created some problems where a lot of people started throwing their arms up in the air saying, wait a second, how can you close this type of facility but not this facility? So now there's lawsuits being thrown around. People that are protesting those types of rules and regulations that are being implemented and still were in the fact of what happens with the whole overall rent structures. I'm being forced by the government to close, but yet I don't have a business insurance policy that covers a clause like this. So we're in that chaos of what do we do, what don't we do? And that's probably the biggest challenge that I can define Arizona is that we're in a chaotic type of frenzy now. Uh, some people probably don't think it's really as harmful with the pandemic that's going on and others are kind of scared to death and we have a big section of uh, individuals that were just kind of in the middle that are kind of going one side or the other side. And then you throw in the whole you know, besides the pandemic with some of the protesting that's going on and, and the tensions that are out there, then let alone we have an election coming up. It's just a, a year where I think 2020, where a lot of people, I think, prefer to just write this year off and let's just move on to 2021 and see what happens here. So you're effectively uh, having the second wave that everybody feared uh, would come back in the fall and winter. Uh, only you're having it three weeks after opening things up. And unfortunately, some of it is um, due to people not taking uh, it sort of realistically and taking certain precautions and just going back to life as usual. And that's pretty much the same thing that's happening in Florida and Texas and Tennessee and Utah and the Carolinas and a number of other places that have opened up before some of the other markets and sounds like, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is nobody really has a, an answer as to how exactly uh, this should be managed and played out. Um, and I think you're right. It's not a political question on either side of the aisle. It, it's really a unknown that is something completely new that none of us have really experienced before. Uh, and it is unfortunate. Um, so just turning to um, something, I, there's something that actually I was on the phone this morning with a special servicer discussing what they're currently seeing, and, and it was very timely for our conversation. I was very curious uh, to ask you why you think this might be, but uh, with all the deals, uh, hotels and retail especially, but 
uh, a lot of different types of deals and a very significant number of transactions ending up in special servicing because of uh, rent, you know, lack of rent payments or in the case of hotels, obviously, the fact that there's just no hotel business uh, and occupancies are, are down in you know, 20, 30 percent range or were close to zero at the height of all of this. One of the interesting things that came up was they said, look, you know, we're seeing a lot of this stuff. It, it's not necessarily uh, technically in special servicing yet because we don't want it in special servicing. We're, we're sort of delaying all of the uh, things that trigger it going in uh, and just having simple forbearance for now. But one of the interesting things is in the economic downturn in, in 08, 09, uh, a tremendous number of assets throughout the Southwest ended up in special servicing. And this uh, person that I was talking to today said, you know, what's interesting is there's not one asset in Phoenix or Tucson right now on my desk out of like 60 or 70 deals that have come in in the last few months. Uh, and there's not one of them. I don't remember if he said in the state of Arizona, but you know, he mentioned in uh, Phoenix and Tucson specifically. And I'm just curious to, to know if you have any sort of take on why that would be in this go around or is it just a timing issue or is it more about the, the fundamentals in in your market today and maybe not as much construction as there was in the last go around? I think it's kind of a two-part scenario. I think the first part is, is the timing scenario. Um, obviously, the East Coast got hit first or exposed to the uh, coronavirus prior to the West Coast being exposed um, way before, you know, we really started seeing some numbers that kind of came on the everybody's radar screen. Uh, quite frankly, I think a lot of people kind of related to other different type of pandemics, example, like the swine flu, where they were thinking, hey, it's, you know, it's hitting New York, bigger city, everybody's close together. You know, we're Arizona, we're spread out. You know, we've got, you know, cowboys, you know, running around and all that stuff scenario as a joke. But with that being said, um, I think a lot of people did not think the pandemic was going to have an impact on the Arizona markets initially. And we were seeing an influx of a lot of people coming out of California just because of their situation of the government system, you know, being a little bit um, lopsided, taxes being horrific, restrictions being put on place, and quite frankly, it was the affordability. So we had a, a positive influx of people from California coming out. We we're also seeing a positive influx of people from Canada and parts of the northeastern part of the United States because of the winter conditions that they've experienced. I think a lot of people just say, you know, we're tired. We want to go to somewhere that has nice weather in the winter in comparison to what we've experienced for the last how many years. So from a market standpoint, we were seeing a growth rate from a residential just kind of off the charts, whether it was multifamily or single family residential dwelling units. And that had a positive impact on employment, a positive impact on retail, and everything else was trickled down. So at the early stages of the pandemic, we didn't really see a slowdown in the markets. But when we decided to shut down our market, that's when we started seeing the impact. Now, I think there's going to be a second wave from the overall uh, 
loans that were basically bad that you might see a little bit more pop up in the you know Arizona market starting to maybe come trickle down in the third quarter of this year to maybe fourth quarter uh, where maybe some of that stuff will be sifted through on the East Coast or possibly the Southeast portion of the United States that had the impact of the market first. Um, I don't know or don't feel that we're going to see the wave like we did in 2008, 9, and 10, uh, like we did in the last uh, runabout. Uh, I hope we don't because that was definitely very stressful for a lot of people that were in the business as well as just, you know, personally. Um, because it just was one of those deals that just kept going around and around and there was just like no end in sight. So I think it's going to be one of those deals. You will see an uptick in the Arizona market probably coming in the later part of this year with some of those uh, defunct loans. Um, and then secondly, just based upon our weather and when Arizona's economy in the last round, you know, kind of went down, we were basically one of the first states to rebound probably the fastest. And I think a lot of it had to be with such a diverse uh, state that we are in the tourism industry, weather, our taxes are very attractive to a lot of people. And there's a lot of government incentives from a business standpoint to open up in Arizona that's going to make it attractive for more businesses to maybe seek out coming to Arizona, possibly versus some other states. Great. Um well, I really appreciate uh, your insight, and thank you very much for uh, all of the uh, information. And if somebody's interested in learning more about your markets, what's the best way for them to contact you? Best way to contact me is um, they can either you know reach out to us directly, you know, via phone. Uh, our my, my main office number is six zero two nine five five four thousand. They could also reach out to me in an email address, and that's shelby.torek, T-W-O-R-E-K, at N-A-I, horizon, H-O-R-I-Z-O-N.com. Or anybody at the NAI Global Office can definitely get a hold of me on, you know, a fast second. Uh, we're here. We're happy to help out in any way, form, or fashion. Uh, my biggest thing is, you know, obviously not just trying to take care of our book of business in Arizona, but also trying to you know, help out any of the individuals within any global system, uh, especially in the retail category, and and uh, just try to make everything as best as we can. That's great. I really appreciate your time, Shelby, and want to thank everyone out there for listening and joining us today. And if you have any questions or would like to become part of the NAI Global Network, or if we can help in any other way, please reach out to info at NAI Global. Dot com and thanks everyone for listening.